This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. And John, just like I like to say sometimes, we are the podcast that sells tapes out of the back of our trucks like Too Short and Two Life Crew and MC Hammer. We're, just, we're, we're, we're hustling. We're, not, we're on our hustle right now. So Fight Game Blog or uh, Fight Game Podcast, fightgameblog.com. My co-host, John LaRocca. What's up, man? Not much, man. Welcome to be back on our regularly scheduled night of recording. It's all worked <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're, we're back during the midweek. Um, interestingly enough, you know, sometimes when we post podcasts on the weekend, they actually do fairly higher download numbers. And I just, <laughs> I wonder if it's because, you know, it's the weekend, people have time to kind of sit back and relax and dig through audio and stuff. And so... Uh, and so maybe that maybe that's why, but not not to say that we don't do good numbers during the week too. But I just always assume like ah oh, the weekend it's so hard, you know people got stuff going on. But no, like it's it's sort of a good time to listen to audio too. We we uh, we we got some good downloads last weekend for our for our well, show about well, the Dynamite maybe, Kid. Maybe we're uh, we're really big on the uh, the travel group. You know that the, <laughs> the long road trips on the weekend and oh, like, yeah. hey, throw on the fight game block, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, you used to, you used to have guys uh, and women coming from like uh, Arizona or something when you were running Premier, right? Yeah, a lot of times it was uh, the the locations I would get talent from with Arizona. I had a crew out of there, and then uh, and then of course uh, a group out of Southern California as well. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a long drive. That Arizona drive. It's so funny, man. You just brought, it's weird how you just brought that up because I was just literally thinking about the Arizona crew, which was Joe Graves, Gabriel Gallo, Don Vitale, and Hammerstone. I was going Hammerstone. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, like, how much of a pleasure it was to work with those guys. I mean, all those guys just, like, were, like, so professional, you know, drove a long, long ways here to Gilroy, a long ways back home to Arizona that same night. I mean, and it's like, plus they give you 110% of the ring, and there's no headaches in the locker room, and just, uh, just a great crew of guys, man. I was so definitely blessed to, to book them and work with them, and um, I'm glad I did. Cause, uh, and also the Hawaiian Lion, too, out in um Arizona too. He was another really, really, really good guy. And actually, we still talk today. And I still keep in touch with all those guys. But like, like oh my, he's a big Star Wars nut. So like, any <laughs> breaking Star Wars news or trailers or whatever, he's hit me up. Wants my opinion on it. We just kind of geek out on Star Wars a lot. So, so and, he, and he's doing really good. He's doing really good with his. Uh, tra- you know, he's he personal trainer. Then like, sees all the people that he's been training and. Competitions, so that's pretty cool. So uh, Arizona will come back as we talk about kids and stuff. So 
a little tease there for for people wanting to know more about Arizona. But yeah, I'll talk a little bit about Arizona as we get to the end of the podcast. So you and I are uh, going to be attending TLC, not together, actually, uh, apart, but uh, it's in San Jose. Uh, I will be sitting with uh, my kid and uh, Eddie Ramirez, a.k.a. Eddie DiBiase, who we call him DiBiase because he goes to all the wrestling shows. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's, he, he's on fire with his wrestling fandom right now. Uh, he's uh, he just, he's just go, he goes to every possible show that he can go to, WWE, Indies. He goes to all the APW shows. He goes to all the Bay Area, like the NorCal shows, the, T, uh, the, um, the TNA ones that were in, I think it was in Salinas and Newark last weekend. He went to both of those. So he's just like on, on his wrestling, you know, fandom right now. So, we, so uh, uh, the, the KLB page, my buddy uh, Draven likes to call him Eddie DiBiase. Um, so we're going to this show. Uh, I think it's the first time. It's the only time this year that uh, they've run a pay-per-view in San Jose. They ran a, a, ter- a pretty bad show last year in San Jose, from what I recall. Uh, and uh, I haven't been to a WWE pay-per-view that was not WrestleMania. I'm, and I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. You know, I've been to some. I've been to the um, to a takeover before. Um, I'm trying to think of when's the last time I went to a non like WrestleMania uh, WWE big show. It's it's been a while for me. What about you? Um, actually, it was like a year, oh, well over a year ago. I went with uh, Dave Dutra, Kevin Lacey, and our uh, our buddy Andy Andy Fish, and we saw um, No Mercy. At the Golden One. That's right, because that opened, opened up, up that uh, that arena. Yeah, so I got to see that arena. It was a really nice arena in downtown Sacramento, um, and it was a, it was a pretty overall decent. So that was the one when all of a sudden they announced like the three way between AJ Styles, John Cena, and damn, I forget who was the other third guy. Was it Owens? Maybe no, not. Um, I might have been Kevin Owens. Like, was going to open up the the pay per view. Oh, so they're competing with the Trump. Trump. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the debate. So, and then um, that also had uh, a really good uh, Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. You know, retirement tease match, which you know got a really good reaction live and stuff. And then, then they ended it with, uh, <laughs> I think Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, and just you know. Yeah, still, that was like one of the worst programs that year. So Oof. I think that was the worst program of the year. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad, but uh, but uh, it was a good time. Um, you know, you know, they always. I mean, going live, especially on the the live, you know, they they put on a good show. So, um, looking forward to this card. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't really follow. I follow, but don't follow. Like I'm not watching SmackDown every Tuesday. Um, I can't keep up with the observer and then if there's something to tune in on, someone recommends something. If you guys say something was really good, I might check it out. Like I was kinda curious to check out the Daniel Bryan Mustafa Ali match. Just haven't got around to it yet. That was but, cool. Uh, that was a cool little really, angle. Look Yeah, looking over the card though, I mean this is I mean there's some really good matches on it. I'm actually uh 
looking forward to it. I'm going to take the wife along with the all good, our, our babysitter, a.k.a. Lamar Law, Karen, who's <laughs> awesome. Um, she can, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, my wife's grandpa's not doing well, and, and right now they're in between kind of caregivers, so she's been really, you know, working hard and putting a lot on her plate and watching grandpa and taking care of him. And so if that's the case, I don't know. I'm, I, I haven't told him yet, but I, I was going to tell the heartbreak kid. <laughs> be on standby because uh, you know because uh, but I'm but I'm really hoping that I get to take Katrina and because I think she'll have a good time you know I, I did drop a bomb until there was four, a four hour show so <laughs> the look on her face the look on her face was classic so we'll see I, I hope it all works out because uh, I think she'll have a good time I think she'll she'll have a, a thrill to see Rhonda live I mean mm-hmm. I don't know, she might not appreciate it right now but once she, she comes out i think she'll think it's pretty cool so the um yeah. the, the I'm show pu- i'm pumped the show as of right now has 12 matches that's a lot yeah but is it pre-show stuff or is that is that stuff on pay-per-view i think i maybe there's a pre uh, there i guess i'm trying to figure out what the pre-show match is it's possible that it's that mixed match challenge match could be the pre-show match um there's also uh, an, uh, um, a Natalia versus Ruby Riot match, but that's a tables match, and they spent so much time on Raw this week in very bad taste on that, so I don't think that's that would be the pre-show match. Maybe Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander, but like, why would you use uh, that match as the pre-show match? Because that's going to be really, really good. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to do it, but uh, I just noticed a lot of matches, you know. I, I agree with you. I think I think the show uh, the show's going to be pretty darn good, and it may be like one of those shows where um, not a lot of buzz, just because WWE is so flat right now and so cold. And, and they even told us on Raw, too. They even told us how cold they were. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I saw a clip of that, and I just, Wow, that was, that's something I've never thought WWE ever would do. That's like dying days of Nitro level, you know, which is kind of scary to see. But, you know, I know WWE's they're fine for a very long time. It's just, you remember that? Like, in, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you probably stopped watching it, but I was a nut and I watched it to the end. But, like, Nitro, I mean, there's moments where they just tell you it's bad. Yeah. Or, or you know, it was just. Well, well, so stupid. So, so the thing was, is, is I'm watching it, and Seth is just—he's so angry at Baron Corbin, and it's all Baron Corbin's fault. Baron Corbin's in all the segments. The show sucks, and then <laughs> Renee Young goes, "Well, someone's being truthful for once." I was like, "Oh my god!" She just doubled down on Seth saying that Raw is really boring right now. Um, I just, it was weird. Like it, it just was really, really weird. It was like, um, and and I guess to some extent, maybe Seth is like supposed to be. This is like the beginning of him being like the main guy on the show. I guess possibly, but uh, but him, him sort of being the voice of uh, truth or I don't, I don't know. It was like I was just like so, someone asked me today if what I thought about it, and I was just like, 
Like, I, me as a fan, like, I know how bad the show is and how it's hard for me to uh, to sit there and watch it. But, um, like, you don't have to remind me. Like, I actually took the effort to turn it on, right? I, I gave it a chance. And you're basically telling me everything about why I don't want to give it a chance. It was just, it was just bizarre. Uh, and I guess... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think Brian Alvarez made a tweet. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But, you know, he he's, I mean, he is a, he's a critic, right? Like, that's his job to sort of say, you know, whether something's good or bad. And it's not really his job to care, you know, about what, uh, what the, what the wrestlers think or, you know, what the writers think or like how hard their jobs are. And so, um, if I can, if I can find the stupid, uh, the stupid tweet but i think basically brian was just saying how bad it was and then uh i think it was jimmy jacobs like retweeted brian or or maybe um or maybe replied back to him or something and it was just like do you know how hard it is to like do this show it's three hours every every you know every week or whatever and then i think seth himself tweeted something to the effect of and five hours every week like it's like it, it it's actually insane how how sh- well together the show is and like i was just like <laughs> like like let, let's talk about you know do, do we now just grade on a curve like are we supposed to you know are we supposed to forget how good raw was you know all the way you know and it's had some good good years even you know i think people probably think like, ah, oh, you know, after 2000, 2001, 2002, that was kind of like the sweet spot. And then it, it's, it's sort of up and down, but I know a lot of people like other, other years of it. Um, but it's just like when you have, you, you have a, an actual talent who is supposed to be the, you know, the, the, the top guy, like who just said the show sucks on TV going on Twitter and defending how hard it is to do a show. It's like, what, like what, what are you trying to accomplish? And, you know, as a, as a top guy, right. Let's say Seth is going to be the top guy or maybe the top guy. Um, like, why do you even respond? He like Seth goes, that's the one thing I don't think people understand. Five hours of TV live every week, every week in caps, Add in all the extraneous variables that affect the final outcome, and it's a modern miracle that the shows come together as well as they do. Like, I watch NBA basketball a lot, right? The NBA, TNT, ESPN, the local broadcasts, you know, from from a from a production standpoint, I imagine shooting basketball and making sure the camera work is great and the announcing and the play-by-play and all that stuff. I imagine that's sort of a hard thing to do, like to make that thing look really great on TV every week. And I've never seen like Steph Curry go, hey guys, give us a break. You know, the broadcast, eh, it wasn't that good this week, but it's really hard to do this broadcast. Like why does Seth Rollins care what a dwindling fan base cares about raw like especially when he just told us it sucks the that just boggled my mind and like i like i really like seth rollins as a as, as a wrestler and i think 
if if it was up to me, he would be the guy that I would push to beat Brock, and and maybe that's what they're going to do. But him complaining on this tweet, and all Brian Alvarez said was, this is embarrassing, kind of dropped him a, a, a notch to me. I was like, okay, maybe he's not, like, the top guy. Maybe he's, like... You know he's too 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 rabbit ears. You know for for this whole thing to work, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me overreacting. I'm just like mind boggled that this whole thing happened like this. Yeah, like why are they wasting their time to respond to that? You know, does it does make it's not it's not a good look for for Seth or or really WWE to kind of do that. You know, like just you know, like I said, Brian's a critic. You know, he's saying his piece. And then you just gotta accept the criticism, right? Now maybe uh, Brian, Brian, and Jimmy Jacobs are, are probably friendly. I'm sure they have some sort of a of relationship. And so, okay, whatever. But you know, Brian, as a critic who's done this forever, is not gonna go, "Oh, Jimmy, you know, because you're my friend." Okay, Raw really wasn't bad. It was actually quite good. Now that you told me that, it's really hard to do a three-hour TV show. Like, he's not gonna change his mind. He's not gonna cut the show slack. It sucks. And and look, I, it sucks I, I, because there's no real stars. That's the problem. That's the problem. They have no stars at all. There's a, a bunch of wrestlers on the show. There's no like anyone that's like you have to tune in to see. Yeah. You know, I know as we predicted, you know, with Ronda, you know, if she comes out every week, she just becomes part of the roster. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, so and that's and, and that's just the nature of the beast. So like, like who like. You know, I mean, the things would happen with like Austin would go down with an injury, a neck injury. Oh my, you know, people freaked out. But look, he stepped up. The Rock, they had the Rock that stepped up. Mick Foley, Kurt Angle, Triple H, like these guys are like superstars. You know, and and they weren't they weren't mega stars like a like like a crossover star yet. But eventually, you know, certain guys would like the Rock and often but like they're for wrestling they were superstars and they were felt they felt like they were a big deal everyone else was now he's like you know like bobby lashley okay cool whatever you know finn balor you know there yeah you know, it's just like there's just it's just that's their issue and we talked about many issues like you know when we talk on friday on a weekly basis we talk about how like they get they get handed a hot act that they created and they're like, just like they cool them off. It's like, all right, the race is going to start. Let's shoot this horse in the leg. <laughs> it goes to, and and then like, you know, it's it's just like a weird thing. And it's like, you know, why is the scene almost just there? Why is the sanity just doing nothing? Why is Finn Balor just another guy? You yeah, know, yeah. Um, it's just it's 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 a it's a it's a it's, gonna, it's an issue that's going to continue. And I don't see any improvement. So. And who's gonna who's gonna break out? Who's gonna have an opportunity to break out? That's 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 a big issue. There, you know. So yeah, and, and we'll I didn't I, I didn't bring that I didn't bring up the show to to badmouth Raw. I just thought that the little Twitter like this is where Twitter you should you should use Twitter to as a marketing tool. You should use it to showcase the best parts of of you and. Keep it, you know, you can be, you can, you can give the fans a little bit, but once you start being defensive and whiny and, and you know, 
tweeting out of emotion, like, come on, dude, like you're, you're, you, you know, better. And, or maybe he doesn't know better. I don't know. I, I don't know his deal, but I, I was, it was just so weird to me. But, um, so th- this show I think is going to be pretty good. Uh, Seth and Dean, I, I heard a rumor that, uh, maybe the Stroman and Corbin thing wasn't going to happen, but I'm not exactly sure. Cause it's still on the Wikipedia page. Um, I, I will, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look it up on WWE.com and see if they still have it up. But, um, yeah, so the uh, the card, it, it looks pretty good. Like, I mean, like you said, I really want to – I mean, my, the thing for me is to see Ronda live. I've seen her fight live. Um, I saw her fight uh, in Vegas against uh, – I think it was – was it Alexis Davis or Alexis something? She, like, beat her yeah, in, like – like, she beat her in, like, 20 seconds. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, but, but seeing her wrestle live is going to be great, I think um, – and uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ, I think, I don't know if we'll get that, you know, that five star match because it's the it's an angle heavy storyline. But man, after watching, you know, watching what Dan, Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali did, which was really fun, his character is amazing. Uh, you know, what's funny is, essentially, he and Dean Ambrose have the same heel turn, which is, you know. Well, at least at least it, I think it was two rods ago where Dean was basically saying that, you know, Seth and Roman, all they started caring about what the fans thought and he doesn't care about what the fans think. And then literally the next day, Daniel Bryan was like, yeah, I, I stopped caring what the fans think because you are all are all fickle. And so I was like, wow, you know, it's kind of like the same heel turn, except one guy in Daniel Bryan is like really believing in it and is doing a great job. And I feel like Dean Ambrose was just like going through the motions. Like I don't feel his heel turn at all. Um, and then, you know, they give him goofy stuff. Like he's wearing this goofy mask and, and stuff. But um, I, it was just like, it just, re- it just reminded me how good Daniel Bryan is not only at the in-ring stuff, but just at really understanding his character, cutting promos, um, the turn in of itself uh, was not like a long term plan, right? It just kind of came to be, and he had to like kind of pivot really quickly. Like his his work is his work has been pretty darn good for someone who was uh, you know losing losing uh, losing matches or, or not looking great against the Miz, you know, just like two months ago, like just really good stuff. So I'm really excited to see him. And obviously, you know, the, the match that's been pushed the most is this Becky Charlotte Nasca match. And they were just destroying each other with kendo sticks to go off of, of SmackDown uh, the other night. And uh, they're feeling it. Like you can just tell, like, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, athletes know this, uh, people who compete, um, I'm sure in a, um, in any sort of competitive field or industry, like when one person raises their game, like it almost forces the other people to raise their game. And when Becky started feeling it, it was like Ron, it was like Charlotte was like, Oh shit. She, if I don't like step my game up, like she's going to pass me. And so then Charlotte steps her game up. And then Oscar's like, well, I don't really get a chance to do much, but still like I'm now in this match. I'm stepping my game up because I got to match these two women who are really hot. And, and so I don't get lost in the shuffle. And I think that the mix of the three of them w- was, has been really, really strong. And I, 
I mean, as far as a match is concerned, Daniel Bryan and AJ, you know, just for my style of what I like to watch, is probably the top match that I'm looking forward to. But this match is right there, and it I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. I mean, the girls, the ladies have been uh, really of the game. Becky's on fire. Charlotte's always good. Oscar's always good. Um, it's a TLC match, right? So yep. it's going to be... Uh, it's gonna be wild and crazy, and just hoping no one gets gets hurt. And uh, there's, a, there's a, some little buzz on this match. So it's, 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 like I said, I think the overall. I mean, I mean, no matter what we talk about WWE's talent, majority not being over. I mean, when it comes to quality, they still put on a good. Like when it comes to matches, they still have really good matches and mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm sure AJ and um, you know, it's, it's unfair to say you know put that on them that they're gonna have a five star match. Like five star matches just happen. You know, they just they organically happen. They just, you, just, you know, can't like just say I'm gonna go out there and have a five star match. So, and those guys, I mean, those guys have sense to do it. They give them time, and you know, I, I think I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. And there's also a Balor versus Drew McIntyre. If they get some time, should have be a really good match. And um, you know, I'm thinking of adding steps to some matches just because it's like. Because it's that kind of gimmick show. Yeah. But, well, I'll tell you uh, what the stips, overall, I'll tell you what the stips are. For the Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio match, it is a chairs match. For the yeah. Natalia versus Ruby Riot match, it is a tables match, and Ruby Riot uh, has a uh, like a Jim Neidhart fathead sticker on uh, on the table. So that was it. that was oh, the in poor taste. Um, you have a triple threat tag team match uh, with The Bar, The New Day, and The Usos. And they, they did a rap battle on SmackDown where Sheamus and Cesaro did a, a version of Ice Ice Baby. Now, okay. let's see, now 37, 38-year-old song there, Ice Ice Baby. Uh, no, no, 28, 27. Yeah, 27-year-old song. But, but the audience today was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But about? I heard, I heard uh, Vanilla Ice like tweeted it and said that it was pretty funny to him. Um, so oh, I'm sure. Elias, <laughs> I know, I know. He he was probably looking for a little piece. He's he's gonna he he's he's trying to get Vince to fly him out so that he can uh, rap Ice Ice Baby in the intro. Um, yeah. Elias and Bobby Lashley is a ladder match. And a guitar will be suspended above the ring. And so the first who can grab that guitar can use it. So I guess it then becomes a pinfall match. Um, and then we mentioned the triple threat tables, ladders, and chairs with the women's title. Um, and then there's another tables, ladders, and chairs with Strowman, Braun Strowman, and Baron Corbin. And that's the one that I'm still trying to figure out if, uh, if it's on or not because someone told me that they thought it was off. Um, and then, and then the mixed match challenge match, the other, so the other matches are singles, but it's funny because like the biggest blood feud on the whole show probably is Seth and Dean. And it's just a regular, regular match. <laughs> it's kind of just weird. Maybe, uh, maybe, that, maybe that's going to go short. Maybe it's going to be some just out of control, like brawl that goes all over the building or something like that. Just kind of like it's thrown out to lead to something, maybe at Royal Rumble or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, who knows? But um, it is it is on the marquee. So, like uh, their banners and all their advertising, that is the match that uh, 
that they're showcasing. And I don't know, like I'm not seeing any, I'm not seeing any more advertisement for Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. So maybe they're just, it's just going to be like a, a last second call to see if Strowman could do anything for that show. Kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, because then the flip like Strowman defeats uh, Baron Corbin, he gets like a title shot against Brock Lesnar at, at Royal Rumble, right? That yeah. Yeah, and 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 so, Corbin gets stripped of his power. Yeah. Hmm. Eh, whatever. I still think Strowman's. I think they're going to still do the match. I think the idea of Strowman, because he just got like bone chips taken out of his elbow, right? I don't think that's a long time to be out, but they like the book. Strowman to be this, you know, monster among men who comes back from faster injury, even though they kind of advertise him like, oh, he's going to be out a certain length of time. And yeah. Back sooner. Yeah. I'm guessing we'll see the Corbins that go out there. He's probably going to do the count out thing. Glow, we hear Strowman's music, big power slam, probably over quickly. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Um, he would have to be really hurt to not just be able to do that quick quick kind of thing and and, and you know it, it'll be a way to get uh, a short match out as well because they have so many um so yeah so very much looking forward to that we'll have our f- sort of full live recap of that on on the next uh, next episode um sticking with wrestling pwg released their uh i think this is a january card for um, their next show so Jeff Cobb against Trevor Lee for the PWG title. Um, and, and the thing that intrigued me about this card is, you know, last week we were on the show and we were talking about MLW and, you know, some of the West Coast guys that that we thought would work really well with Court because Court's a pretty creative guy uh, and, you know, he can get guys over and, you know, I, I'm sure may, may, maybe, the, you know, maybe the the flight from California to, to Miami or whatever is, is a bit expensive. Or, but uh, we're just talking about West Coast guys who we think would do really well. And one of the guys that I mentioned was uh, was Jungle Boy. I thought they could do – I thought Court could do some really creative like X-Pac, Razor Ramon stuff with, with Jungle Boy. And then lo and behold, Jungle Boy is on the next PWG show. And, and, and the reason why it, it, it's kind of – important and it's you know it it is important for his for his young career but we were when we were talking about Jeff uh, a few years ago we were talking about like you know how does he get noticed like who's the, who you know eventually he's going to get noticed but he's got to get on like a PWG kind of show and then when they finally started booking him like that was kind of uh, you know along he had the Lucha Underground thing as well and then the New Japan thing came and and now he's with ROH but it was. It, it seems like a step, right? It seems like a step to visibility in the overall uh, national indie scene. Jungle Boy is known around here on the West Coast. You know, he's very popular with APW. But to me, this is like a step. This is like a stepping stone for him to be with uh, with PWG, and he's facing Brody King um, on that show. And and I don't know. I just thought it was so cool that you know that he's got this opportunity. And it, it it came a little earlier than I thought, whereas I thought Jeff's came like a little late. But, you know, you just kind of go with whatever happens and, and the timing's the timing and you just got to make it work. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great opportunity for him. It's definitely going to, um, you know, 
be a nice springboard for his career. You know, PWG is a, a place where a lot of other promoters look at and they see guys that they book, and then all of a sudden they they associate them being with these hot new stars, and they start booking them out as well. So, I mean, it's a good it's a good thing for Jungle Boy, and I'm glad. I'm happy for the, I'm happy for him because he's a really good kid. He works hard. He wants to do his best. And, you know, I think he's going to – he just kind of, he just has, like, a, a, a very unique charisma that people just kind of gravitate to want to cheer for. He has this great underdog look about him. And he has a unique look about him, this big, wild, crazy hair. And, uh, you know, he has a, still has a lot of work to do, but, you know, he's, he's getting there. And I think it's going to just – this is just definitely going to catapult his career. I mean, it started with the Game Changer show he was on Joey Janela's show or promotion that he he runs and and there since then you know he's been he's been his, his stock's been rising so it's good for Jungle Boy I, I, you know we'll see I mean I hope he tears it up and he's with a good he's with a good opponent Brody King a good guy that can really works well with the smaller wrestlers and uh, I think they'll have a really good match and I think uh, Jungle Boy is going to tear tear it down. So I'm looking forward to it. You, you guys have a pretty, or you guys, when, when, he, when he was coming up in APW, I know you took a liking to him, like, almost immediately. Um, what, what, like, not that he has asked or not that he needs it, but if you were to kind of give him, like, a, a like a, a piece of advice about, you know, how, what, what, what to do or, or, you know, whatever, like, what would you say to him? Because this is such a great opportunity. And, you know, he's always going to have... Because he, he's, like you said, he's he has a good, really good look, and he, you know, he's he's a high flyer. He's got pretty darn good timing, so he's going to have chances. But, you know, I mean, what kind of advice would you give him in in this opportunity? I uh, just tell him to be himself. Um, don't do things that you're not good at. You know, don't try to do something big because you think you need to impress this crowd. Do what you do best incorporate it with what Brody King does and just have the best match possible. Um, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what I would do. Because I think a lot of young guys, at least, will try to go out and do something crazy, do something new, do something that they think is going to get attention, but they just stick to what they do best and then have a good match. That's all they need to do. And, uh, and he's a smart kid. Like, he he does some, you know, he does a, little, he's like, he does a high fly, but it's all stuff that he does, he does well, so... I think, like I said, and, and and Brody's a good base, you know, and he and Brody like you know, training with the Santino Brothers School down south, they were they had a lot of the smaller guys, lucha, very lucha based school, but they they train everything, but you know, and, and Brody can do a lot, and, and Jungle Boy trained a lot of lucha here at Pro Wrestling Revolution in San Jose, so I think they're gonna have a a really good match. I really do. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think Jungle Boy is going to make a name for himself. And and I, I I applaud, like, POGs, like, you know, going back to kind of find some homegrown talent, right? Yeah. Some local talent. They're booking Douglas James and, and, and Jake Atlas, Brody King. Um, I think that's good. I think it's good. I think it's good to have a core of, of the of the local talent and keep 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 that and build build your own stars there and so that's that's cool. that's cool to see, and uh, you know, POG like we talked about this like with MLW, like you know, guys are getting signed up left and right. Yeah, right. WWE's like just 
<laughs> they're just grabbing everyone, and and RA is trying to grab people, and so like what do the guys like, you know, PWG do? Like, well, you got to find new stars, find, and look 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 at home first, you know, find a Jake Atlas and a and a, and a Douglas James and a, and, a, and a Jungle Boy. So that's a, it's a good move on their part. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one one small wrestling nugget before we move on. Uh, I should have said this after we're talking about TLC though, because it's kind of a little a little related. But so the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers, have a tight end by the name of George Kittle. And so I I was reading an article a couple weeks ago, and the article was talking about his love for professional wrestling. And so. Uh, when the when uh, when the Forty ers play at home and he like gets like a big third down play, the the uh, the announcer um, calls him Stone Cold Kittle, and I guess that's his favorite wrestler though. You know he's he's only twenty five, so if he was watching Austin, you know he was really young watching Austin, and so uh, I was I was just kind of like tweeting about it a little bit during the game you know whenever he he made a play uh I, you know I'd, I'd tweet stone cold kittle and you know throw some stone cold steve austin gifts out there and so i was telling uh, i was telling big dave about this i was like you know i wonder if he follows you because he's like such a big wrestling fan and so i was like looking through his followers doesn't follow big dave but uh i was like you know we're gonna have to invite this guy over to like uh watch uh royal rumble or something <laughs> um and and so anyways so i'm telling you know i'm, I'm just kind of talking to talk, like just tweeting about the stone cold thing stone cold thing stone cold thing and then lo and behold sunday night after the game is over he had one of the he had one of the best games of the entire season for uh for a wide receiver uh, you know not only just a tight end he had like 210 yards receiving in the first half Lo and behold, guess who follows him on Twitter? Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I feel like I have... Who also... Who also... Who also followed Dick Mullins the same day. Did he really? Yeah, so I was just listening to Nick Mullins this morning on KMBR, local station here in San Jose, radio station in San Jose, and Nick Mullins was on with uh, Murphy Mac in the morning, and I, I like Nick Mullins. I, I actually, I kind of root for the kid. I mean, he looks like he's like 12 years old. But I, I kind of root for him. Like, I like how he has this great underdog story. And I just like, and like listening to on this interview, like, I just like, I'm like the huge, I'm a big Nick Mullins fan. He's like a humble country kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was talking about how like, one of the big big moments of his career was in Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> followed him on Twitter, and you know that, 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 I just thought that was a cool story. And uh, but yeah, so I think Stone Cold was like marking out for the Niners. Maybe you know maybe he's just following all the Niners. Well, I, I, so, I gotta follow. I sort of feel like you know I, I, I deserve a, a, a like the smallest tiniest piece of credit, but. You know, I started pumping the Stone Cold Kittle thing, and then you know, I guess maybe maybe it's because the announcers were doing it or whatever. That's how Austin figured it out. But yeah, that was so funny. Uh, Nick Mullins, by the way, great trivia. He went to the same school as Brett Favre, Southern Miss. Yeah. And he broke all of Favre's records at Southern Miss. So that was a, that's kind of cool. He ran. I'm, he ran a little bit of a different style of offense, but uh, more of a throwing. You know, they all they did is throw out of the out of the gun. So, but anyways, yeah. So that yeah, that's he, that's Nick. Yeah, I think he said something like the cherry on the top was when Stone Cold Steve Austin followed him on Twitter. Like, <laughs> and I think there's a pretty funny story. Like after that first his debut, 
against the Raiders when he just oh, yeah. you know, came out like fire. Like, I was there. His followers jump. His followers jump. So like triple or something like that on Twitter. And he was all excited about that. He couldn't believe it. So I just thought it was, I just thought it was pretty funny. He's a good story. He's a, I, I really hope uh, he has a really good career in the NFL, man. He's, I'm, I'm rooting for him. He he doesn't have the strongest arm, but yeah, he's pretty tough. Uh, not not that we are turning this into a football podcast or a Forty ers podcast, but I do run a Forty ers uh, Facebook page, and I did it about gosh, we're talking like maybe nine years ago, because I was do I was testing something for a company that I was working at, and one of the things we were testing was a schedule. Uh, creator for a page and so like if you're a fan of a page and it's a sport like a day before the game happens the 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 game pops in saying you know so that the game's going to happen on this day and so you kind of have it as like a a little bit of a post uh so people can kind of comment on the game and stuff so that that was one of the the things we were doing and so i had to make this 49er page and um all of a sudden, it just like started picking up. Like lots of people started following this page, and so not that I even necessarily really want the page anymore. But I have like sixteen thousand people that follow this page, <laughs> so I'm constantly <laughs> posting to it because I feel like oh, you know, if I I can't just dump the page like the yeah, and it it kind of keeps me on my on my toes with the with the Forty ers But so I knew. Um, pretty early that not not early but i knew that nick mullins was probably going to start at some point and so um you remember the uh, adam sandler movie lil nicky so i was just mm-hmm. ca- i was just calling him lil nicky mullins like for like the whole season it's like oh lil nicky mullins we're gonna see lil nicky mullins and so on my page he's uh he's lil nicky mullins but yeah yeah it's, he's kind of a i mean the team sucks but he's uh he, he's a nice little story all right, that that was it. That was just my 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 stone cold kittle. Uh, I feel like I helped him kind of get over that hump and and get Austin to notice him. Um, so there was a fight, and I know I don't I don't know how much of, the, of this you got to watch, but I just and we don't have to talk about this a lot, but I just wanted to make note um, with the uh, no, actually you did you did watch it. You watched it with us. The um, the Max Holloway fight. Um, beating Brian Ortega in one of the sickest, most ridiculous three-round fights you're going to see from a from a striking standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, this is kind of old news because it happened on Saturday, but I, I felt like, you know, we kind of needed just to, just to mention it at least because to me, you know, when you're talking about the UFC and you have a small number of stars, obviously you have Conor, um... And there's some weird rumors going around about him, by the way, that which I don't know are true or not. But that's all I'm going to say, and you can sort of search for them if you want to search for them. But um, you have Connor, uh, you have John Jones, you have Dan Cormier, and you know not too much else. And I feel like someone like uh, you know maybe Nick Nick and Nate, if you want to go that far. Uh, but I feel like someone like Max Holloway has such a potential to be a draw and so to see him uh and he's a very positive kind of not i wouldn't say role model it's hard to call these guys role models but a very positive person you know ha- you know his blessed mma is his is his thing he's always showcasing his kid and his wife 
And, uh, and I don't know, I just felt like he has the possible, you know, he has the opportunity to, to be a big star. And I was just so impressed with how he fought after having such a terrible year. And we talked about that, you know, his, his 2008 kind of sucked. He's getting hurt. He's getting dinged around. And he's, he's even talking about mental health and this and that. And I don't know, I just felt like he, he's, a, he's a, a star. If he's not a star, he's a star in the making. And I, I just love that dude. And I hope that you know they could build something with him because he he's he's the goods man when you can when you can strike like he does and and stay off your back you know Brian Ortega you know got him down you know i think once or twice but he fought he fought him such, such a just like a such a crisp uh appearance and and just amazing stuff from from Max so cuz i know we talked about it last week i just wanted to bring that up and if you wanted to you know mention anything else uh, about him or about that ufc card before we move on no, it was just a wild. It was a wild show. That main event was was awesome. That's um, one point hard to watch because I think Brian Ortega was taking way too many shots to the head. When he, you know what I mean? Like I just thought that they could the ref could have just kind of jumped in there. At any point, and stopped it. Maybe a little earlier, he was just you know he was just taking so much abuse in his Facebook, like just just like 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 hammered meat yeah. <laughs> towards the end. Um, but it was an exciting fight. Uh, it was cool to watch with everyone, and we had a good time talking about it. And like you know, everything else in the card, we we're kind of even though it was a good show overall. There's some fights. We're all just kind of BS and talking about other stuff beyond just what we're watching on on the TV. And but when that fight started, it was like everyone's like glued to the TV. Yeah. And then also never. And for, that, uh, for some reason. I will never forget Big Day still pumping Brian Ortega. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I was like I was like I, I'm a big I'm a big Ortega uh, uh, fan. I, I like him a lot, and I was hoping he was gonna win, not just because I picked him on our EOC picks, but just because I just I just think he has a star quality about him, and and, and uh, just something about him that has some unique unique charisma, just mm-hmm. like a like a Jungle Boy in a way. But like I just remember like. Max is just smashing him and smashing him and smashing him. <laughs> and then, you know, Big Dave just, Big Dave's like, man, you know, he's making, you know, even though Tank is still making himself a star, you know? <laughs> like, really, I'm like, what yeah, he, what's Dave in the game or Brian Ortega do you got? But I know he really likes him and stuff. But, uh, and he showed, did, definitely did show a lot of heart. I think people will remember his performance too. But Max, man. I mean, I think he was working me. Remember, I thought, yeah, well, he don't look good. I yeah, don't know. yeah, I yeah. We we, we both thought that. Out. We're like, ah, he doesn't look sharp. He looks a little, like, I off. Think, I think he pulled a little robo-dope on people, man. I think so. I think he had, like, the little glass-eyed look and kind of looked, you know, didn't have the energy when he came out in the entrance. And, and then once it started, bam, like, hey, dancing around. And I like Max, too, man. I hope he just comes with his draw. I'm curious to see how the buy rate does. And it'd be interesting to see how the buy rate does for his next fight. Cause that's, that's, that's key. If he really, if this fight really brought new fans or people like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta catch that Max Holloway fight in the future. And then, so they bought, you know, pay review. So, so we have to remember that for next time he fights, let's check, let's take a look at the buy rates. He went up or down or stayed the same. Yeah. So before we move on to, uh, to our favorite two segments at the end, I just wanted to, to kind of go through the schedule this weekend because oh, for if you're like a mixed martial arts fan or a boxing fan or a wrestling <laughs> fan or all three, not a good weekend for your significant other. Because there 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna even miss some stuff. But let me, let me see if I can, let me see if I can by memory remember all the stuff that's going on. Okay, so Friday night, there's the ROH pay per view, which they added a fourth hour to the show. So this show's going over three hours. It, ha- I mean, it's gonna have some really good matches on on that card. So you know, if the idea is to kind of extend some of those matches out, okay, I can live with it. You know, it's Friday night, fine. And then Saturday morning, well, it'll you know it'll be Saturday uh, for uh, for the Japanese and uh, for the Japanese fans who watch it live. But uh, the Golden Lovers against um, Tanahashi. And uh, Will Ospreay, like that's gonna be a ridiculous match. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh my god! Like so, you so so you go to so so you watch your ROH Friday night, then you kind of go do you know do your thing, and then Saturday morning you wake up and you watch that match, and then there is a U, the last UFC on Fox show is also on Saturday. Uh, oh oh, I almost forgot. Friday is also. Uh, a Bellator show, I think. Um, I want to say Michael Chandler is 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 uh, the headliner on the Friday card. So then Saturday is a second Bellator show with uh, it, her name is uh, Ili Iliana. Uh, what is her last name? Uh, she's a, she's a Hawaiian star. Uh, sorry, not Iliana. Ilima Leah McFarlane. She's uh, she's headlining in Hawaii, and also uh, our favorite uh, our favorite point karate kickboxer is making his uh, Bellator debut. What is his name? I don't know why I'm blanking out here. Um, Frank Dukes? No, <laughs> no. Gosh, I, I like I see his face in my mind, and like. The people who are who are listening to this are like, you're really dumb to forget this guy's name. Um, Anoki trained him. What's his name? Loyola Machida, man. Yes, Machida. God, I can't, how can I not remember Machida? So uh, he's also going to fight, and and then uh, on DAZN. So so the Bellator shows on DAZN. Also on DAZN that night is Canelo Alvarez making his DAZN debut against Rocky Fielding at a super middleweight title fight. Rocky Fielding is just... He's not in, in Canelo's... Uh, he's not at Canelo's level, but he does sort of have a title that he won. You know, not impressive not impressive title or anything, but this is kind of like, you know, Canelo's first fight after the Golovkin fight. Isn't it interesting... That the, that the Buster Douglas 30 for 30 came out. <laughs> Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we'll see it. Right? And, he, and his name is Rocky. I don't, think I'll, I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'll be going to my junior high school in the seventh grade on the on in, in the in the yard going, oh my God, Tyson lost to who? Buster Douglas in where? Japan? No way! Like, just quickly on this, I literally thought it was fake. <laughs> Really? I thought, like, I thought that, like, I, I, people were pulling my chain when people were talking about this, and it was, like, confirmed that Mike Tyson lost this. Who? Who's Buster Douglas? Yeah, I yeah. I couldn't believe that. That's, no, that's, I, that's, I, that's, I mean, that's I, I, the news is wrong. I watched it live. Like, I was, like, 
depressed watching this fight live. <laughs> and, and anyways, back to the schedule. Well, well you <laughs> know, you, the the pro wrestling tie-in to that is that Mike Tyson was supposed to be on the Friday night main event mm-hmm. with H- Hogan against Savage. And then to knock out Savage, and he, because he lost the fight, he pulled out of the the date with Vince, and Buster Douglas came in and did did the did the thing and 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 hit hit Macho Man with the right hand and and uh, you know and then there was always the talk that uh, Hulk Hogan and Mike Tyson would actually have a have a match and I mean I don't know how serious any of that got but I I do remember um, Meltzer reporting on it not too long ago you know saying that yeah you know they they it was actually something that Vince wanted was Tyson and, and Hogan, you know, several years, well, I don't know, eight years before, you know, Tyson does actually eventually come on WWE TV. So that, that's kind of like a couple of cool trivia nuggets as, as crossovers. But OK, so back to Canelo, Canelo and Rocky. And then obviously sat Sunday, we just talked about it, TLC. So like if you I, like I. I mean, I have to, I'm going to be, I think I'm doing Wrestling Observer Radio Friday and Saturday. So I'm like glued to the TV, like both days, like watching everything. It's, it's, I think it's good. It's, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun, but my God, I'm going to have to like make a couple like coffee runs or go to 7-Eleven, just like get out of the house. Like it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be a ridiculous weekend. And that's even without, you know, normal Sunday football. So not not a, not a whole lot outdoors going on for me this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to catch the uh, for sure the UFC show, uh, the main car, but then one of my girls, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name is? Uh, I think she's my girl. I don't remember her name. Jessica Rose Clark is on the car, so. Looking forward. She's 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 pretty cool. Uh, at least she's the one that paid. Uh, at while, least so. at least you didn't forget. Lyoto Machida's name. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Actually, you know what? When you said his name, out, when you said the point guy, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? That was, was like, that like, was the, like the, the, the point karate guy. Everyone kept making fun of him for point karate. <laughs> the guy that drinks his pee. Oh, and, God. Uh, that There you no. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no. But yeah, no, I thought I'm going to watch that. Um, last show on Fox. That should be good. That might be a sleeper show. Like, might be a night of just great fights. I mean, when when you get, um, of course, going, when you get to watch a what is essentially like an hour and a half, two hour UFC show, it's it's kind of a fun show. It's the you know the long long ones that could sometimes you know be a little bit be a little uh, yeah. a little hard to get through. But the, usually these the UFC on Fox ones are pre, are pretty easy. But you know, it's kind of just staying on the UFC thing. So did you see that uh, they pulled the Anaheim show, which I think was, what, UFC 233? Like, they just canceled the card. Uh, well, not shocked. They had no main event for that. They moved the main event over. They moved the main event to, to ESPN. the ESPN Plus. Yeah, the ESPN show. And then I think it was speculated on Saturday night. We were talking about that, too. Like, it might happen. Yeah, I guess it's not shocking at all. So... The I think the thing that you can kind of get out of what's been happening is that, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll plug our Facebook uh, Facebook group right now, the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group. Uh, our 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 buddy Matt Prentice 
he made the point that ESPN is not going to allow the UFC to put these, you know, FS1 style, UFC on Fox style cards for ESPN because they're, they're doing such a good job with top rank boxing like uh, Lomachenko drew a really good rating in his win uh, the other night. And, you know, they do good stuff with Terrence Crawford. Uh, and I think they're going to force the UFC to really step their game up when it comes to putting these cards on TV. Now, that's a good thing, but it's kind of hard for the UFC because they don't have that many main events. And if ESPN is like, look, you're going to have to move your pay-per-view main event onto ESPN+, Plus, or, you know, we're not starting off our relationship on a good foot, and Dana White's like, all right, but I think that means I'm going to have to cancel this pay-per-view, and they're like, got to do what you got to do, man. That doesn't seem like it's going to be very easy for the UFC to come up with uh, quality non-ESPN cards. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm wondering a little bit what that, what that strategy is going to look like. Do you pull back on pay-per-views? Like, do you do less of them? But that means less shows, and that means you can't get all these guys on, on cards who you have signed to your, to your thing. Like, I'm just, I'm so intrigued about how this relationship is going to work. Yeah, we're going to see how it plays out. Yeah, ESPN, man, they want the best. They're going to have to, you have to adjust. And like you said, there's not many, not many stars that are drawing pay-per-view. And anyway, so. And the cards are already thinned out. Like before, like the cards would be like, kind of back in the day, you're like, damn, this fight, this fight, this fight. Now it's like, eh, some good stuff on there. But there's like two good, you know, two fights you're really looking forward to, or maybe one fight you're really important to. Yeah. I miss yeah. the days when it was like, I was pumped for every single fight. I knew every hit the backstory about every fight. Now it's like, there's just so many random fights. It's yeah. so hard to keep up with. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so busy weekend uh you can catch me on uh on wrestling observer radio this weekend uh and uh, at f4wonline.com or wrestlingobserver.com um so let's actually move on to the uh the what's john watching portion of our show i, I don't know how much you actually watched this week because we had a little we had, we had a shorter week because we did our show on the weekend last week, so you don't you only had a few days here. Did you did you get anything in? Um, yeah. <laughs> I watched uh, well actually not as much as I normally do, but I watched uh just completed the whole All Japan, you know, strongest tag team tournament. Just watched the finals uh the other day and it was uh a good finals of Suwama and Suji Ishikawa versus uh, Joe Doring and Dylan James. And I'm not, it's kind of interesting. I wonder what people will think about this. Like, it's because it, these are all big guys. Yeah. So it was a very slow and plotting pace in the beginning. And it wasn't smooth a lot of the time. But I like that, though. It just felt like. It felt like a real contest instead of like I could tell they're just you know like a performance. Yeah, it was you know hard hitting. Uh, Joe Doring, I, I know he suffered a a pec injury or like a few few nights ago in the tournament or about 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 a week or two ago, but uh, it must have been like a mild 
tear because the bruising was down and he was back to doing his normal stuff. I mean, he's not a, you know, doesn't really do a lot of big high end. Like, you know, he's not going to try to say he's not doing like Germans and doing all this crazy stuff. Like he's made basically like clothesline, elbow, boot kind of guy. He does a killer cross body block off the ropes for his size of being six foot five. You know, and just thick. He just it just looks really cool. Um, his partner Dylan James, who's Australian, and uh, he used to wrestle as James Ray Dean in Zero One, but now he's Dylan James here in All Japan. Like he's kind of had to like take the brunt of the load I, in the last few matches, and even looking really good. And the crowd was really into it, and it really picked up towards the end. I just thought it was a really good match. I gave about four and a quarter stars. Um, I thought uh, Dylan really, James really made himself a bigger star in all Japan with his performance. And so it was, it was a fun tournament. I watched every match, I followed everything. Um, and, uh, you know, they had some nice little gems in there. So it was fun. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the all Japan product. And it's kind of cool with their streaming service. I can watch almost everything. And I, and I don't watch every match. I just watch feature matches and stuff because a lot of stuff they put on there is just like a basic house show yeah match and there's some you know but you know there's something that's interesting I'll, I'll, I'll definitely tune in um i just basically just watched that mostly um i didn't get a chance to watch new Japan stuff i haven't watched the finals of the tag tournament and i didn't watch goto and ibushi so and i haven't really seen people raving about it but i haven't really looked out I know the result. I just haven't. Really yeah, it, it was it was uh, it was fine. It was it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't at the level of a lot of the matches that we saw from those guys over the over the 2018. You know, because those guys had some ridiculous matches this year. Yeah, but it was good. It, I mean, it was it was fairly predictable because we knew we sort of knew what was coming out of it, um, and uh, I you know I, I definitely think that. There's a little bit of a, you know, end of the year kind of feeling like, oh, you know, we, 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 we got to get ready for Tokyo Dome, man. We're not going to give them the, the best tippy top match right now. We got to we got to save that. But it was it was still good. It was it was still it was still entertaining match for sure. And how was the tag final? Uh, probably a little longer than I would have liked. Um. It was, I think they tried, like, they tried really hard to make, you know, because they're in that main event spot, and so I think there's, there was a, an effort on both teams to, like, try and put together, like, a, a as classic of a match as possible, and, I mean, they didn't get there, but I, 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 I appreciated the effort, for sure. I just don't, I just don't know if, you, you know, what, what is the... If they wrestled ten times, like what's the best match they could possibly put together? I don't even think that you know their best, best, best match could be something that that you know they probably had hoped to do. Like they're going to have a good match. They're good. They're good wrestlers. But yeah, I, 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 I didn't think it was main event quality. It's been, I mean, we're spoiled, right? Like we're we're really spoiled New Japan yeah. fans. So we're sort of looking for a specific thing, and you know the main event is usually you know four and a half star <laughs> match, but uh, but look, I it, it was it was the effort was there. I, I thought they told a good story. It just it just didn't click like you know some of the other stuff we saw this year. Um, 
And, and, you know, what's crazy is, you know, they flew the Young Bucks out there and all the Young Bucks did was come in after the match and cut a promo and get added to the, to the title match. And then that was it. Like, I don't think they, they didn't wrestle. They didn't have any matches during while they were there. They just literally came up to do the angle and then they, they were done. Uh, that's why I predicted that one. That was, yeah, I knew they were going to come in and do an interview and make it a three-way. So, yeah, no, no, whatever. That's, that's, that should be a wild match with them added to it, you know, and for the Tokyo Dome and, and stuff. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that's all I really watched was the All-Japan tournament, the attack tournament, and, um, nothing really I started watching. It. Oh, shoot, gosh, how can I forget? I watched Primetime the, Wrestling? Uh, no, oh. no, 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 I gotta get, I gotta get back on it, but, I mean, I watched, uh, they, they uploaded the, uh, recent Wrestle 1 Cork and Hall show for November 23rd, and, fuck, man, that main event was fantastic, it was, uh, Wrestle 1, basically, their, their top heel stable, which is the leaders should, Taro Shino, who is like one of the best wrestlers in the world, and that, and they're wrestling the Strong Hearts, which is Sema's group. Mm-hmm. So it's like Wrestle One's badasses versus the Strong Hearts. So like it was just a freaking heated match, and they did a little NWO thing in the early in the night when they revealed one of the members of Wrestle One's now Strong Heart, and he was at his tag match, and it was like freaking intense. The crowd heat was really good. Um, they're really teasing T Hawks and the Strong Hearts. Who's freaking them out? He's a star, man. Like he's T Hawk has so much charisma, and you know Sharoshino is amazing. And they're like really, they're like fighting each other. Like they're not selling each other's moves. They're just like beating each other up. So like, and they're not like rushing to do the match. So I think they're doing another like ten man tag in the next show, and 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 then. It's, probably have a title match and I think T Hawk should probably beat him to keep this angle going. It's like it's like really under the radar, one of the coolest feuds of two thousand eighteen, which I'm definitely gonna vote as one of my best feuds of the year. It's definitely Wrestle One versus Strong Hearts. Um it was a really good show. I, I just thought that that was just a really good effort by everyone and I like the chaos. I like the uh just how wild it was. And the crowd was really into it. And there's a big Stronghearts fan base there too, from Dragon, you know, Sema, Sema from Dragon Gate and those guys. So, I mean, it was it was, it was loud and intense. So that, that 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 was really 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 cool. So definitely looking forward to the future shows of Wrestle One because I think they got some good stuff planned. Um, so yeah, so that's what I watched. That's what John's watched this week, and. Um, I'm trying to catch up on Noah. <laughs> you know me. I'm always watching something. So. Yeah, man. Um, you are always watching something. I didn't I didn't actually watch anything, but I think for next week's show, we'll have to watch something that was close to um, Christmas. Like a, it's like a match that's a really good famous match that, you know, has probably happened somewhere in December, close to Christmas. You know, Starcade. There was a lot of Starcades that were in December, so maybe there's something good from there that we can that we can talk about. Uh, but we'll do that. We'll do that for next week, and we'll we'll pick a match and and kind of go over it and the backstory and all that stuff that we like to do. Uh, okay, so 
we usually end the show with just a quick update on something our kids are doing, anything funny or goofy or, or just normal, you know, update about how they're how they're doing. So mine is my youngest, who is a high school senior, JJ. He uh, got accepted to the University of Arizona to go to college, which is where his brother goes. And then the other night, his mom texted me uh, and said that he also got accepted to Arizona State University. And so, like, now I'm thinking, like, I'm going to have two kids possibly going to school both in Arizona. My parents are thinking of, or they're trying to move to Arizona. I almost feel like, you know, from a tuition standpoint, like it, it makes sense to like be in state versus out of state, you know, when it comes to paying for college, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to have to move to Arizona? Like what's going on? Oh man. I mean, it suck. (laughs) I mean, mean, I'll be bummed, but you got, you know, you got to do, you got to do, take care of the kids, man. You know what I mean? First priority. Number one. It was, it's funny because uh, this one guy on Twitter, he was like, you know, you shouldn't move. You, you got to let your kids breathe and they got, you know, they got to they, they got to go away to school. They don't want their dad there. I was like, dude, I'm not doing it for that reason. I would I, 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 I mean, I, I'm having them go away to school. I didn't want them to stay around here. Uh, you know, I try, so I explained the whole thing to him, but. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they're, 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 this is a great way to mature and learn how to be independent and learn so many things about yourself. And uh, but yeah, I'm just like just trying like trying to figure out like what the best thing to do here is. But anyways, so I'm gonna have. I don't think JJ is gonna make a decision until probably early next year. But he's got the two Arizona schools in his back pocket. His brother goes to. U of A. His brother loves U of A. Uh, Brian, you know, he's he just he just enjoys himself at that school. So he's he's got a great recommendation if he does want to go there. And I'm kind of pushing him in that way just because I like the fact that you know his brother can kind of teach him the ropes. But then again, maybe it's better to learn the ropes yourself somewhere else. So that's also another thing. But that is something that you, my friend, do not have to worry about for like another 15 years. Oh my goodness! Oh, it's going to happen so fast, my friend. Like, oh my God, it's already yeah. happening fast now. I was just telling Katrina, like, I still want her to grow up. You know, <laughs> they are hundred too, but like, Chloe's just getting, she's just, she's just getting older and older, and she's saying stuff like a little, just like a little, you know, a little young adult time. When she answers back at me, I'm like, "Where's my little baby? Where's mm-hmm. my little baby?" And uh, you know, she has a cold right now. She's battling. Of course, we go to a bounce house, a bounce party at my uh, goddaughter, Dave Dutra's daughter, Stephanie, turned four. Never, 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 hashtag never enough Steph. Never enough Steph. And we went up to, uh, well, they live in Folsom, but we went up there. The the bounce house place was in Rancho Cordova. So we drove up there. We got there like a little half hour late. So Chloe only had about a half hour of bounce time. Because they kind of move you from room to room, you know? It's kind yeah. of one of those weird. And 
I mean, this is the second time we've been to a party in the bounce house. This is the second time Chloe's been sick. <laughs> Chloe. Oh, man. Yeah, but it, it was fun. And Chloe, I mean, during the half hour that you would have been proud, bro, there was one bounce house that she crawled into, and she was the only girl in there, and everyone else was doing other things. They had these little hoops, and I got in there, man. I was, cause I'm feeling good these days, right? <laughs> I'm feeling energetic. I get in there, and I, I taught her the granny shot, man. She was proud. <laughs> and she was like, it was awesome. She, she was making the shots, and it was it was cool. But she pulled out the old Rick Barry, and uh, she was making it. And I was so proud. I was so proud, man. I don't. I just can't. I don't know. It, it's house. It's silly. It's a bounce house hoop, but to me, it was awesome, and I just love it. And so, of course, you know. They start ushering into the next room, which is the party room with the cake and yeah, the yeah. pizza and all that stuff that I can't eat. And um, and so she's like, "Bomb!" She's crying. She cried all this whole trip to like the drop of the hat. Like she cries. Yeah, she's happy. She cries. Well. Happy. It's like, yeah, it's it's three. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's three. And so like, there's a video my wife has on Facebook. That like literally all the kids are sitting there eating their pizza, but my daughter is in the middle of the floor dancing to the music, like, <laughs> <on her own. laughs> and that's and that's my girl, you know. Um, and I, we were just she and I were just laughing because like there she is, all the kids are sitting down being good, eating their pizza, eating their lunch, and there's Chloe just want da- dancing, waiting for a cupcake, you know. <laughs> like, who who do you think? Who do you think she's um, more like personality-wise between you and your wife? Uh, I would say there's some Katrina in it for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Some little stubbornness. Some little stubbornness. <laughs> uh, she's definitely, I don't know, she's having her own opinion. Like, wait, she has her own personality, but like, it's just, uh, she's very stubborn, man. You tell her no, man. Takes a couple no's. Takes a couple wide eyes from dad to get the old crazy eyes. Like, mm-hmm. freaking. Oh no! <laughs> Bad news, Brown. Hey, little girl. <laughs> <Stop that. laughs> you know. Uh, so, but yeah, she's she's battling a little cold. Uh, but she's she, she, she's definitely mommy's been taking really good care of her. So she's uh she's uh making a strong comeback. So she was bouncing around the day, running around the house, driving us all nuts. You know, three year old energy while we're all tired. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. So. Uh, Heck yeah. yeah. He's good. Yeah. That's the update on the kids. And Hunter's, you know, he's chilling, drinking his milk, stand, you know, sitting up. Uh, we got to get more. We still got to do more tummy time with him. You know, he's, start, he's starting to flop on them. He's starting to get it, but he needs a little more work. I think we kind of, with this one, we just kind of held him a lot more than Chloe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of late in the game, but he'll – be crawling through them for which is then we gotta put the baby gates up which sucks I like having I like being closed in and we gotta bring those baby gates out yep 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 um yeah you know it's great and you know I I know it sucks when the kids are sick but it's actually kind of good for them because they get you know they get to sort of fight off all these it's good for their immune system just you just it just sucks when then mom and dad and baby brother gets sick so hopefully that doesn't happen well it's just, it sucks too because you know she doesn't understand like when she's coughing hard and it hurts her throat and she like 
looks at you like, Dad, fix it. But yeah. there's nothing really you can do. And then give her some medicine. And it's like, dinner night, you know, my wife was out with her friend at dinner. And it was just myself with the kids. And I'm like, yeah, I got 8 o'clock, bro. Boom. In bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed. I had 100 on, my, on me sleeping to put him to bed. And all of a sudden, I hear Chloe coughing a little bit in the room. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. And all of a sudden, she's coughing really hard. And I'm like, oh, my God. I got I to get up, wake up Hunter. Yeah, like, yeah. Go in there. And she's just, like, freaking out because, like, she, you know, she's just got startled, right? Yeah. Coughing. And it's like, I go and get her water. And it's just like, she's like, look at me. Like, her face. Oh, Garrett, bro. She's like. Cheeks all rosy, rosy red. Yeah. Yeah. It's like her eyes. I can see she's like, like. Daddy, do something. I'm like, just nothing you can do with the cough. You just got to ride it out. But she doesn't know that at her age, right? She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like right away. Yeah. yeah. Those are the days, man. Those are the days. Yeah. Then, then, then they get the age of my kids, and all they want to do is, like, sleep and hang out with their friends. Don't call you back. <laughs> Don't text me back. <laughs> the only time they text me back is when I, is when I tell them that they better text me back or... I'm gonna start beating on them. Then they'll text. I know. Me. I was worried about it. Remember, I kept texting. Do you ever hear about me? <laughs> You're like, why are you, con- why are you concerned, Morocco? That's just me. I'm gonna always get concerned. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, man. That's so good. I'm glad he glad he called you back. <laughs> yeah, finally. Uh, so yeah, so uh, we'll we'll be back next week. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see each other at the uh, the TLC show hopefully, and maybe grab some lunch or something and hang out a little bit before before that show. I'm pretty excited. I I don't I don't uh, it, it kind of crept up up on me at a perfect time. I'm kind of ready for it now. So we'll we'll have fun at that show, and then we'll be back next week to talk about it and talk about other stuff and all the craziness that's currently going on in uh, MMA and wrestling and boxing and. It's just never going to stop. Like, we could probably do this show every week until the rest of our lives because there's always going to be stuff. So we're going to have stuff, man. like the Simpsons in South Park. Exactly. South Park is never going to end as long as there's, you know, pop culture and stuff going on, right? Those shows will always continue. Same thing with pro wrestling and MMA and boxing. There's always some kind of craziness to talk about. We may not outlast Raw, though. I think Raw, for some reason, will outlast all of us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, for uh, for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.